From Yahoo Finance, this is Ballots and Dollars, a podcast about the politics that affect your pocketbook. I'm Rick Newman. And I'm Alexis Christophorus. Today, we're talking about Medicare for all. It is the hottest idea in the Democratic presidential race for overhauling the nation's health care system. And Rick, I think it's a buzz phrase we are going to hear throughout the 2020 election. You're exactly right. Democrats have figured out that health care is one of the biggest issues for voters, uh, and they want to hit this hard. They think this could put them over the, over the top. Medicare for all was kind of a fringe idea when Bernie Sanders popularized it uh, in the 2016 election, but it has caught on. Now, I think what's really important, first, you have we have to go through some terminology and understand what Medicare for all uh, really is. Uh, and then you have to understand, I think people need to understand, this is helpful, that there are many other ideas for how to solve the problems in the healthcare system without going as far as Medicare for all, uh, which would be really a huge change in the healthcare system. It would be very disruptive. It would be very expensive. And it may be politically implausible. But we're going to hear a lot about it nonetheless. All right. So let's back up a little bit. It is a single payer bill introduced by Bernie Sanders, supported by Senator Elizabeth Warren, who, by the way, is one of the other 23 uh, candidates running for president. And several other presidential hopefuls have jumped on this Medicare for all bandwagon. What does it mean? It sounds good and it makes a lot of promises. What what does Medicare for all actually mean? Let's let's uh, back up a step and talk about universal coverage or universal health care. What universal health care means is simply that everybody in the United States would have some kind of health, health coverage or health insurance, regardless of where it comes from. It could be a patchwork of uh, the private health insurance system that we have now where people get it through an employer along with some government programs, which is basically what we have now. We just have 30 million people who don't have any coverage at all and many others who find they they have some kind of coverage, but they can't afford it. So that would be universal coverage. Just everybody has care. Then you get to this idea of a single payer plan. The single payer in this case would be the government. So that means all health care would be provided uh, provided by the government. And that is what Medicare for all is. Medicare for all is one program that would cover everybody in the country Um, It's possible you could have Medicare for all and then have a supplemental private system where if you wanted to get additional coverage outside of the big program, the big government program, you could do that. But basically, everybody would get their coverage through this single government program as they do, for example, in the United Kingdom and in Canada. What, now, in Australia, do they have universal oh, health care coverage? Oh, Lord, you're going to ask me I'm what the pl- health plan you. is in Australia? <laughs> I don't know. But I do know that uh, almost all advanced economies uh, have something that is like Medicare for all. The distinctions are – so there usually is – a uh, uh, Switzerland's a good example – a national health plan that offers some level of coverage to everybody. But it might not be uh, – you know, there might be long wait times or uh, things that you don't want. And you pr- let's say you want to choose your doctor instead of just going to a happens to be on due that day. In a lot of countries that have a national program, you can get that supplemental insurance or private uh, health care so that you can go see whatever doctor you want. And in, f- in fact, I think in some European countries, doctors who will work for the government program actually make a lot of money on the mm-hmm. side providing care in a uh, privatized system. That makes sense. So Medicare for all makes, like we said, a, a lot of promises that make a lot of people's ears perk up. No premiums, no copays, <laughs> no deductibles, no limits on care. But how does Bernie Sanders and other lawmakers who back Medicare for all, what is their plan for how the government would actually be able to afford this, Rick? Yes, Bernie Sanders uses this misleading word, free. 
So if you were in this program, it would be free, except it would be really, really expensive and somebody <laughs> would have to pay. Uh, and this is one of the- Oh, let me guess. Would that be the 1%? Yes, of course, in businesses. So we're going to raise taxes on businesses and the wealthy to pay for this. Um, the su supporters of Medicare for All say, look, this is the most efficient way to provide good care for the most people. And I think they would be right if you were starting from scratch. And that is the rub here, that we're not starting from scratch. We have a, a very, you could call it a complex or sophisticated uh, uh, healthcare system that has basically been in place begin since World War II. So we, uh, if you were starting a system from scratch, you would not say, let's make healthcare the responsibility of employers. That doesn't make sense because our parent company, Verizon, is a communications company. They don't they have no expertise in healthcare. Why would they ever want to get into this? But if you right. so no business actually wants to be in the business of providing health care to their workers. The reason we have the system we have today is because uh, in world during World War II, companies were not allowed to uh, uh, raise salaries. There were salary freezes, and so to get workers, they competed by offering benefits. And one of those benefits was healthcare coverage, and it just evolved into kind of a monstrosity. I mean, nobody foresaw the complexities of the healthcare system uh, that we have today back in you know the 1940s and 1950s. But that's what we've got. So uh, if you were to go to Medicare for all. You would take everybody who has insurance through an employer and put them into this government program. So that is about 150 million Americans, which is almost half the population. So for this reason, th this is the number one reason why I think Medicare for All has no chance. Mm -hmm. Because try selling that to 150 million people. There have been surveys. Meaning that, uh, meaning that I already have a job and I get health insurance through right. my job. But right. that would change if Medicare for All were to be instituted. Yep. And and what would happen to my level of care? And what well, would I'll, my options I'll be? I'll tell you what. I'll personalize this. I've uh, needed a little bit of medical care this year. Nothing serious, uh, thankfully. And I have found it quite easy I mean, I have a primary care doctor through my uh, health insurance plan. I have found it quite easy to go to a specialist when I need a specialist, and I can, I'm getting in to see doctors on less than one week's notice. I was able to get an MRI uh, ordered on 24 hours notice, and I went in. <clears throat> this, is, this care is not free. Right. I, you know, I have you pay premiums program, deducted sure. from my paycheck and my employer pays on my behalf and I probably get a lower raise than I would otherwise get if, uh, you know, our employer Verizon were not paying exorbitant uh, costs for health care. Nonetheless, the care itself is good and it's readily available. So, you know, about 75 percent of people who have employer provided care actually like it. They say it's pretty good. Um, there are some who Which say- Which I think is a misconception. A lot of people think that everybody is just hates the system and hates their health care. That's not true. You're totally right about that. That is not the case. So um, most people who have uh, insurance or coverage through their employer like it. And so you're so let's say it's 150 million people who have it, three quarters like it. So let's say that's 110 or 120 million people. So you're going to go to 110 million people as a politician and say something that's vitally important to your life, healthcare. Uh, you're happy with what you have, but I'm going to take away what you have, and I'm going to make you go into a government program. Um, it's a great way to not get. It's votes. just not going. When you, I mean, when you break it down like that, it's not going to happen. Right. So the the New York Times did a survey recently of the Democratic candidates, and it found that many of them, the candidates themselves, prefer 
less sweeping changes than Medicare for all. And in fact, Joe Biden, who many now see as an early front runner, says that he would prefer something called a public option mm-hmm. in the health care system that would compete effectively with the private plans. What mm-hmm. is this public option? What do we know? Well, I'm looking at a list of the candidates here, and I, I'll tell you the ones who are sort of strongly in favor of Medicare for all or, or this huge government program that would cover everybody. Cory Booker, uh, let's see, Kirsten Gillibrand, uh, Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, and Elizabeth Warren, probably the uh, most well-known candidates who favor some kind of uh, Medicare for all. So everybody's in a government program. As you pointed out, a lot of the others, including Biden, uh, favor something that's not quite that dramatic and would essentially leave in place the private uh, health care system. Um, and then we have some candidates, we don't actually know what they stand for because some of them have not really come out and said. Um, but so a but we'll part- have many debates between now and then, and I'm sure we'll find out. Yeah, and there there are actually uh, about a dozen uh, bills in Congress to reform the health care system. All of them are backed by Democrats. The Republicans still, they're only, they're kind of a one-note uh, uh, party here, and all they say is repeal the ACA. They really have nothing on health care, uh, which is too bad because uh, there should be more uh, thought in the Republican Party of actually providing more uh, cheaper and better health care to people instead of just undoing the Obama program. But anyway, well, you bet, you'd better think, though, that these Democratic candidates, when they go up against Trump— are going to point out that weakness. Oh, yeah. You uh, bet. Say, look, what is your plan? If you want to repeal and replace, what are you going to replace it with, Mr. President? Well, of course, Trump has said he's going to come up with a plan, a terrific plan. We don't know what it is yet. Uh, and in this, it, meanwhile, I mean, we're getting uh, we're getting sidetracked here. But in the meanwhile, uh, the Trump administration is still trying to repeal the Affordable Care That's Act, right. a.k.a. Obamacare, through the courts. They are a party uh, in a lawsuit that says we need to get rid of this entire law including the provisions that are really quite popular, which is, you know, the most one of the most obvious ones is that insurance companies can no longer exclude people for pre-existing conditions, That's which they used one. to be able to do. The Trump right. administration actually is trying to undo that, which I find to be unbelievable um, because everybody hated the way the insurance companies used to do that. Mm-hmm. Just, nothing seemed more unfair. At any rate, uh, so there are about a dozen health reform uh, bills in Congress, and only, I think, four of them are Medicare for all, and the rest are some new form of a public option. So it could be a program that's similar to Medicare. Uh, uh, in fact, one of them would be administered by the same agency that runs Medicare, but it would be separate. So you're not putting a bunch of new people in Medicare, uh, which might upset seniors who think that this is going to hurt their benefits or somehow all these people come flooding in, will they be able to see doctors and stuff like mm. that? So you set up a, a a different program that's just like Medicare or some of the proposals are let people buy into Medicare, um, buy in being a, an important phrase. So uh, one of the groups of people that really uh, still suffers uh, in our system, and I've interviewed a lot of people who fit this profile, are people who are, say, over 50 couples, let's say they're over 50. Um, they might be independent contractors, but people who, for whatever reason, do not get coverage through an employer, but make too much money to qualify for subsidies under the Affordable Care Act. It's that so har- they, horrible sweet spot, right? They have to go buy their own policy, so they have no uh, bulk buying power the right. way a company or a big company like our company, Verizon, does. Uh, and they have just been getting screwed year after year after year uh, because every time the insurance companies uh, need to rate, jack up their rates. They can't jack up their rates on the big employers because the big employers have bargaining power and say, sure. well, you're going to raise our rates. We're going to go to the other guy and get a, get our plan from him. So there's competition there. 
uh, people buying on their own have no buying power, whatever. And uh, I've interviewed, you know, couples who are paying $30,000 a year just in premiums Incredible. for coverage. I can believe so it. So take that, people like that. That definitely adds up very, very quickly. It's obscene. I mean, it's people who are just trying to, they're really, you know, trying to do everything right. That's right. And, and, and trying to do it right the whole way. Yeah. And, and like you said, in the end, they get screwed. So does anybody, I would have to think that if you were the one candidate who can come up with a plausible solution there. You could probably just run on that. That could be your platform. I think that's right. And I don't think it's Medicare for all. So uh, think about something you might call Medicare for more. Um, So if you are one of these people who does not have coverage through an employer uh, and you're not yet old enough to qualify for Medicare, which is 65, let you buy into Medicare. So it's not free. You're not getting something for free. And a couple of the candidates do have um, positions like this. Uh, you would pay uh, you would pay premiums that would be calculated so they would essentially cover whatever you're costing the government, but you would get to take advantage of the buying power of Medicare. So, sure. so you know, Medicare obviously is a huge buyer. So, and Medicare pays relatively low rates for doctors and other things, services. So, you would get that buying power behind you, and that would probably be more affordable than what you can get if you have to go out and buy a plan. All maybe on your some own. of these people that you talk to can somehow come together. And start their own plan because then that way they might maybe would have a little bit of a pricing power. Well, that that is an idea. There are these things called association health plans, which were essentially banned by the ACA, but the Trump administration has tried to legalize those. So, um, you, you know, people who would not otherwise come together can come and try to get some buying power. It's just very hard to do. I mean, um, there are some other issues. They can get pretty sticky, I would think. Yeah, who, who that, has, that's right. Who who's has in, existing who's health problems? That's who right. doesn't? Who's going to pay more? What's the organizing won't? principle? And then what if you get a job at a big company? Well, then you're no longer in the group. And who, you know, who keeps the group together? So it's just hard to do, Um, especially if, by the way, everybody who's in this group, let's say they are between 50 and 64, uh, they're going to be more expensive patients to start with. So you don't have a good pool. That's not that's not a good pool. It's going to be a more expensive pool of people. It's not your healthy 20 year old looking for some coverage. You know, you mentioned Joe Biden earlier. Um, Joe Biden has not come out with a clear policy on this yet. Um, What we know about Joe Biden is that he is a. Uh, relatively business-friendly centrist, or he has been, uh, and he's you know he's pretty pragmatic, and he he doesn't um, chase idealistic goals as much as he chases um, ideas that you might actually be able to pass as legislation and get done. So I think there's a good chance. Uh, I mean, he has basically said he favors something that would get closer to universal coverage, but he, he doesn't have his own plan yet. I think there's a good chance that Biden eventually comes out with a plan that is something like Medicare for more or a public option. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's uh, find a way to get these additional 30 million people covered and also address this other problem that uh, health care is just too expensive for too many people. Um, so if it's something like take the Affordable Care Act, remember, he was vice president when that passed. So he... Obamacare is his, you know, if you will, Biden care, I guess you might call it at some point. Take the ACA and expand that in a way to address these other problems. Let more people get in, uh, get into the program, including people who don't qualify for subsidies. I mean, just because you make enough money that you don't qualify for a subsidy does not mean you can afford $30,000 a year just for health insurance premiums. So find more ways to help those people get the bu- uh, buying power of, fe- of the federal government behind people who need this kind of help. If Joe Biden jumps on a plan like that, it could be a real winner for him. It could be a game changer. You know, and earlier you said how it's hard to do a wholesale change in this country just because of the way our healthcare system has been operating over decades. 
And to go along with that, what about the people on the other end of these, this equation, the, the health care providers, the doctors, <laughs> the hospitals? Those and evil others, people. <laughs> who, who, thank goodness for them, right? Who, what happens to the way they get paid? I already have had to switch doctors several times in my personal life because they've dropped my insurance for one reason or another. Oh, we don't get paid on time. They're not picking up uh, most of the bill the way they used to. I'm just dropping this insurance. Okay, a couple of things there. So if you ha- if you had Medicare for all, uh, the insurance industry as we know it would disappear. Uh, the health insurance industry would disappear, and a lot of people listening might say, "Fine with me." They've all they've <laughs> ever done is screw me over. But I mean, that is hundreds of thousands of jobs. Uh, do we really want to just? have a government plan that invalidates an entire industry. I mean, I think, you know, if you ask, if you put it, the question to voters that way, they might say that doesn't seem quite right. Uh, and another thing about Medicare for all is uh, Medicare pays a lot less to doctors and hospitals and uh, providers than the uh, private insurers do. So if you had every doctor and every pri- uh, provider and every hospital getting Basically paid- Basically forced to take yeah, Medicare for that's all. That's right. If it's the only show in town- one thing that economics tells you would happen for sure is some doctors would just get out of the business. Right. Uh, some of them would just make that decision. You know, I'm a well-educated person. Uh, I spent a lot of money to go to medical school. Uh, this was not part of the deal when I, you know, when I paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a medical degree. <laughs> right. I expected I was going to be making good money. Um, so I think you'd have you'd, you'd have different, you know, perhaps very different incentives for people getting into the business, getting out of the business. And in a worst case scenario, you know, at the moment of transition, when you go from the private system we have now to Medicare for all, uh, I mean, wh- how long does it take to build a doctor? A decade or more? Mm-hmm. Um, you could have doctors getting out of the business at the same time you've got 30 million more people coming yeah. into the That's system. That's called bad so, timing. Yeah. Bad timing. Um, I did a little research on how Bernie Sanders might want to pay for Medicare for all. Let me just throw some numbers out there. Uh, a 7.5% employer payroll tax that will extract $3.9 trillion over 10 years from employers. And Sanders has even called for changes to accounting rules that would result in a $112 billion in additional corporate taxes. And he also wants to raise taxes on capital income for those who make more than $250,000 a year. At some point, if you keep squeezing big business enough, it's going to trickle down and they're not going to be able to do the R&D they do, to have the payrolls that they have. They're not going to hire as many people. Would you agree? Well, the irony of Medicare for All is while it would be socialized medicine, uh, there is a case to be made that this could actually be a good thing for businesses and for the business community. So right now, uh, the business community, corporations and businesses that uh, are required to offer health insurance spend more than a trillion dollars a year on that insurance. They would no longer be spending that money on insurance if we had Medicare for All. So the money that they are paying for health care, nobody would be paying for health care anymore. We would just be paying taxes. So you would have to raise taxes in order to get rid of all of those out-of-pocket uh, health care expenses, and then the government would foot, foot the entire bill. And there have been some decent efforts to uh, get, that, get to the question, would we be better off financially and economically if we could transfer all of this spending to the government sector? And possibly we would be better off. You could, pro- you could arguably cover more people uh, for about the same amount of money and therefore get better health care uh, outcomes. But the problem is getting there. It's, it would just be so massively disruptive. But, but, but is at the end of the day, 
aren't these onerous taxes on businesses and people who make more than $250,000 a year? Isn't that the way Bernie Sanders wants to pay for this? Again, if you were starting from scratch and you went to a company such as Verizon, our employer, and you said, we're going to give you a choice, you can either provide all the health care for all your employees, which means you have to set up all the administrative uh, in-house stuff. I mean, think about the departments at big companies that are devoted to just benefits and health care. Sure. So you have to set that all up. You have to go spend a ton of money with insurance companies, and then you, have to, with them. you have to have quality control, and you have to make sure your employees are getting good care. You could, you could do that yourself, or we'll just tax you and do that on your behalf. I think a lot of companies would take the tax. But I wonder at the end of the day, are the taxes that Sanders is uh, proposing, are they higher than all the costs that you just outlined? And I'm not so sure that they're going to be less. Well, there was one uh, study of the economics of this that found that uh, the government would now be spending, I think, $3.3 trillion a year on health care which would essentially, I think, triple or quadruple what it spends now. But the private sector would be spending nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the bottom line, total spending on health would be about the same. But in the new system, Medicare for All, everybody would have coverage, including the 30 million right now who do not have coverage. And nobody would have any out-of-pocket expenses. So Wait a minute. Now, it kind of sounds to me like you, you like Medicare for all. I, I, I'm going to keep going back to this. <laughs> if you were starting from scratch, okay. if you did not have the system we already have, it might make sense. Mm-hmm. And again, if you went to businesses and said, we can do this one of two ways. The government can provide this, and we're going to tax you, and we're also going to tax individuals uh, in order to pay for it. Or you can do it yourself. I, I, I mean, I feel highly confident most businesses would say, I don't want, I don't want anything to do with health care. Let the government take care of it. Do we have any idea how many people who are actively getting Medicare right now um, also supplement that with private insurance? It's a good question. I don't know the answer, but I think it's a lot of, a lot of people who get Medicare. And Medicare is also not free, by the way. Um, you know, most people do pay for supplemental insurance. So Medicare helps offset costs. Uh, and it gives you um, bargaining power, so it's fixed rates for the providers, but you also pay something. Um, Medicare is popular. I mean, Medicare generally works as a program. Uh, and I should mention one other uh, problem we have coming down the tracks not too far for, not too long from now is Medicare is going to start running short of money. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Just like Social Security? <laughs> well, Medicare is going to start running short of money before Social Security. Oh, Med- wow. Med- Medicare okay. is actually in worse shape. Huh. Um, now, you can solve that problem just by raising the taxes that pay for Medicare. Oh, sure, Rick. That's the answer. Uh, well, it is going to be the answer. I mean, the, if you don't, then you have to start rationing care for people in Medicare who vote at higher rates than everybody right. else, by the way. So mm-hmm. that, that's is, the, that is very true. So uh, w- uh, that's, when you add that to the mix, you can, uh, you can pretty well say to yourself, is this the right time to start putting ton, you know, uh, several million more people into Medicare uh, at a time when it's actually going to run short of money? I think by 2024 is when it's going to start. That's it's right around the run out. It is right around the corner. It's not going to run out of money. But it's no longer gonna it's no longer gonna be funded at one hundred percent. So if we don't fix the funding part, which we will, I think, but if we don't fix the funding part, then Medicare will only be able to pay ninety percent of its obligations, eighty percent of its obligations and, and so forth. This is not to be confused with Medicaid because different people program. Be completely different right. program, but but definitely a, a vital program. 
that we know Medicaid, the, Medicaid, the Democrats but, do do back. Yeah, Medicaid, by the way, is a um, so Medicare is for people sixty five and older. And Medicaid is for low-income people, uh, so you, there's an, in, a, an income threshold to qualify for Medicaid. But another idea, Medicaid also works pretty well. I mean, the problem with Medicaid is that its reimbursement rates to doctors and providers is very low. Mm-hmm. So um, providers don't like taking Medicaid They're patients because they make very little money off right. those patients. But another idea is to uh, d- direct more government uh, federal funding to Medicaid, which is administered at the state level, and then let more people buy into Medicaid. So again, it's not a free benefit. You would be paying to get into Medicaid, and, the, and you could pay premiums that would be set so that they cover the cost of the program. But when you're in Medicaid, you get the benefit of the big uh, program and the purchasing power that comes with it. Who do you think, uh, when the debates get really rolling, who's going to emerge the star on health care? That's a great question. Uh, well, maybe we don't know yet because we don't know enough plans. We don't know enough about their plans. Uh, Elizabeth Warren is emerging as the policy star. You know, the now kind of punchline is that she has a plan for everything. Right. Um, and she does. I've analyzed. She really almost – she does seem to have a plan for everything. I, I think the winner is going to be whoever can um, – Get the sloganeering right, believe it or not. I mean, healthcare is so complicated um, that uh, I, I don't think I think it's very hard to win voters over by explaining the details of your policy. I mean, you almost need a bumper sticker type of uh, program, and Medicare for all sounds like it, but Medicare for all is not it. It is too complex, and when you ask people if they are willing to deal with the disruption and the cost of Medicare for all, its popularity plummets. So. Uh, I just don't think I, don't, I just don't think Democrats can make a plausible case to voters that we're going to take everybody off private insurance who likes it and put them in a government program. Yeah, may look good on a bumper sticker, but we need a little more than that to make it work. I think I think this is actually something to look for. Who can actually articulate a plausible health care program that they can explain in you know the 14 seconds they're going to get with 10 Democrats on stage in two different debates? Right. Well, we are going to. This is definitely going to be a topic we will readdress here on Ballads and Dollars. Rick Newman, thanks so much. Of course. Thank you. And thanks for listening to Ballads and Dollars from Yahoo Finance. You can follow us on Twitter at Alexis TV News and at Rick J. Newman. We'll be back next week with another new episode. So in the meantime, head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review what you just heard. Five stars. Come on, <laughs> people. Five stars. <laughs>